On this episode of Last King Podcast, we've got Dark Phoenix and the miniseries Chernobyl. Hey, and welcome once again to another episode of Last King Podcast. I am Eccentric Tom, and I'm Mr. Yeah, yep. there we go. And I am and Comrade Shafiq, uh, not at fault at all for explosion at Chernobyl. <laughs> You didn't see any graphite because it was not there! Yes, <laughs> there was millions of pencils that exploded. It was not a reactor. Reactor cannot explode. I'm sorry. I shall be doing this bullshit Russian accent for the entire... Accent! For this Please act. do, keep it out for about Keep it out. Uh, as we review yeah. Dark Phoenix, I shall be playing the role of Colossus. I am best comrade. I am metal. I am heavy metal comrade. Yes, uh, <laughs> Dark Phoenix. Who unfortunately is not in this film. Uh, they saved me say. for better Deadpool movie. <laughs> yeah. I think it's fair to say. Which is unfortunately may or may not going to happen because Disney now owns it. So Deadpool 3, you know what? Will not be R-rated. And we don't know if Ryan Reynolds is still on board. Well, we'll see. Because, you know, in an ideal world, Disney will say, "Eh, we can afford to have someone who will make all the money. But yeah, yeah. unfortunately, we live in a Ryan Reynolds world. is a, yeah. Ryan Reynolds is a crowd pleaser and a crowd drawer. But the thing is, this is current Disney and how they handle Marvel properties. How do we make it about women? <laughs> You've got Domino, <laughs> I, I guess. Just well, so we just make line. a Domino movie, but Deadpool's in it. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. I think that's how Marvel's gonna do it. Who who wants a Domino movie? Domino not, fans? Man, not not us. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, I am a Domino fan, but but I prefer X Force. Yeah, as a whole, instead of like just Well, Domino, I mean, you know? that would take one hell of a retcon to get uh, X-Force together. I mean, uh, not really, because we have... Oh yeah, yeah, he went back in time to fix it. Yeah, because we've established with any movie with time travel capabilities, as long as Kitty Pride or as we... What, what's her real name again? Ellen Page? Is yeah. that the actress? Ellen Page, yes. As long as she's willing to come back as Kitty Pride, we can always go back in time and just retcon everything because, you know, if anything Days of Future Past has taught us is that eh, none of this matters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus, Life the X-Force are expendables anyways. Yeah, so true. To find new mutants. And yeah. speaking of things that don't matter, Jennifer Lawrence's career as Mystique. <laughs> oh yeah, that. I guess we're gonna jump into that mess. Huh? Shall we do spoilers? Right. Because everyone's definitely gonna be wondering what does the Last King think about Dark Phoenix? Okay, One of the most important sagas like, in the X-Men. This movie is just such a big seeming pile of shit that I'm not gonna <laughs> give it any respect whatsoever. Of course. And also, okay. we've seen this movie before in X3, and the what do you fucking know? The fucking Brett Ratner movie is a better version of the Dark Phoenix saga. <laughs> that's saying a it, lot, actually. Yes, it actually made me kind of like that. That's kind of bad when you when no, your no, other no, movie no, is no, bad. No. I'm not going that far. I'm not a madman. Okay, okay. <laughs> it didn't make me. Okay, like... tolerate. How about tolerate? Yes, tolerate. Are you trying me... to say that Dark Phoenix is finally a movie so shitty that it's at the bottom of the X Men movie pile? Uh, I think it's, it's. Or I think Origins take it's that. Sharing uh, yeah. shoulder space with Apocalypse, yes. Oh really? And Origins, don't forget. I mean, origins. they're still standing on top of X Men Origins. So that's at the very bottom of the pile. Oh yeah, no, no, that's still very much like the crumb at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> that's its own tier right below, right? Yeah. That's the layer of hell nobody talks about. Remember it's the layer Reynolds? of hell where even <laughs> Diablo's like, hell no, I'm not going down there. Which is why I totally respect that. They Ryan don't talk about it because it's too bad. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, Dark Phoenix came out in the cinemas, and boy, uh, were we looking forward to this, especially after all that Marvel hype with Endgame and Captain Marvel. And yeah, I mean, and- we were definitely looking forward to a movie that was delayed for over a year and came out after the studio that bought it was acquisitioned by the rival company. Also, props to James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender for still going on with the contract. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I will say this one redeeming thing at the outset before I really start uh, just, you know, spitting on the grave of this piece of shit. All the actors did try their best. 
and they're very good actors and you can see that they're trying very desperately to try and sell their roles. So Jessica think... Chastain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not her. Oh, maybe yeah, not her. James McAvoy. No, I think yeah. she did well with considering what she was given. Yeah, yeah. Like she sold... She didn't have much to work with to be honest. Yeah, she was told act like a weird alien who has no emotions that doesn't understand humans. Okay, Done. I mean, that's me anyway. But... Don't you already have that Mantis character from Guardians of the Galaxy through that? Yeah, but imagine her but not fun. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not fun, not funny, not even personable or colourful in any sense of the realm. Yeah, like literally colourless. So like Captain Marvel. I guess. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but less smirky. So yeah, also less fun. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. At least Captain Marvel had a cool suit. So, yeah. so shall we like, uh, if we're not going to pay respect to the movie, are we going to pay respect to at least The Last King audience? Shall we do spoilers or no spoilers? No spoilers. No, spoilers. Spoilers? Spoilers. Okay, yeah. we can't shit on this movie properly without just letting a yeah. few things go. Sorry, right? I was slightly schizophrenic. The Dark Phoenix is rising inside me. Of course. And um, so, uh, Last King fans, uh, this is uh, your only warning. Uh, we'll definitely be spoiling the fuck out of this movie. So if you really want to watch this, and if you do, what's wrong with you? We literally <laughs> just warned you. But if you really want to watch it, stop it and uh, regret the next two hours, come back. Okay. Uh, it's not like you need that 10 bucks for another something, right? Yeah, so you 10 bucks, save... you lucky son of a bitch. I mean, you should be saving your money for like proper movies like uh, what's coming along down the pipeline again? We got Rocket Man. We got that Spider-Man movie in a oh, couple yeah. of weeks. Uh, Rocket Man, Spider-Man. How many other mans are there? Oh, well, Aquaman is two movie more years, which I'm right? looking forward to, which is coming out soon, and I can't remember what it's called. Mm. Brightburn? Yeah. <laughs> no, it already came out, and that was apparently... Eh. I kind of enjoyed it. Okay. Well, I'm sure we'll review Brightburn at some point. No, we but won't. in the meantime, we're going to have to focus on the matter at hand. So, oh, thank yeah. you for bringing us back to... Uh... <laughs> to Shitsville, yes. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, it actually just retells us... In a way, it just takes inspiration from the very famous John Byrne, Chris Claremont run, uh, the Dark Phoenix saga. And yeah, it just takes illusions of it and doesn't really do much with it, which is basically the main theme of this film. <laughs> it takes a lot of themes and doesn't do much with it. But again, it, we, we start off with like a flashback where Jean Grey's young. She accidentally ended up killing her parents through a car crash, through her powers. And it just shows like, oh, there's a relationship going on between Charles Xavier, played by James McAvoy, I mean, and Jean Grey. That Gray. part I didn't mind too much because, I mean, yeah, it's fairly you need to, Yeah, you cliche, need to build that, you know. You know, effective. But that's not quite canon. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, it, it started off differently, they, but it doesn't matter. I guess they needed to again, give her a tragic Sony. origin story to make her more relatable when she goes she apeshit. She already has a tragic origin story. She's still in school and her boyfriend is Scott Summers. <laughs> yeah, that is a very tragic origin story. <laughs> I mean, no, that's kind of... I'm literally sure dating kind of the color grey. Yeah. What, this Jean Grey? I mean, no, no, I mean Jean Grey as a whole. I mean, until she got the Dark Phoenix, uh, Phoenix uh, cosmic power thing going on, she was like a typical neighborhood girl... How could you? I kind of she was the original I mean, Marvel girl. What are you saying? I know, but still, I mean, I prefer Rogue as a proper X-Men character. I mean, Storm. if you're talking about old school... That's just a lot about gym. your kind of sex kings, I must say. What, Rogue? <laughs> no, yeah. it's like all his relationships, they can't touch him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Because boys. I drained your powers. <laughs> so, <laughs> because I drained your powers, Calm yes. Down, I'm a nice sexual ball. vampire. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> speaking of mutant powers, so like oh, we, Jesus <laughs> we we have okay, so Jean Grey unfortunately, just like Scott Summers, has been constantly I wouldn't say miscast. I mean, Famke Jensen kind of almost nailed it. She was great in the first. She two. was great in the first two, and then when they turned her to like Dark Phoenix, to Dark the, Phoenix to the, the Phoenix film. or Dark Phoenix. I mean, like 
Brad Ratner probably didn't understand the character at all. So like that whole malicious kind of like, you know, like the, that void in the eyes. I want to kill everybody. I don't care about anything tone. Didn't make sense. And then also, I mean, spoilers for a movie that nobody really cares about. At the end X3, when she is saved by the power of love and uh, Wolverine's fingernails. I was yeah. like, uh, yeah, I'm not buying this at all. Hey, this is the was first garbage. time where girlfriend is happy that you didn't cut your fingernails before you fingered them. There you go, Shine, and she got fingered properly, right into oblivion. Mm-hmm. So, boys, uh, so, I mean, we definitely have to make uh, start comparisons between this one and definitely X3 because they're just kind of boring from the same source material. And it's going to be very obvious to a lot of people. It's like, okay, who did it better? Well, obviously, neither. Yeah. But you know what? Who, who did it? Close enough. Okay, wait. Obviously, none either. Well, I mean, <laughs> look, look at this way. You are currently comparing a piece of cardboard and a pile of shit. Or <laughs> like, which would you prefer to, prefer to eat? Cardboard. Yeah. So <laughs> of course, cardboard. <laughs> of course, <laughs> cardboard. Well, there you go. There you have it. Excellent. Is better. Just at least it's got fiber. Yeah. Exactly. So okay, let's get straight into it. So uh, it's so they start off with the part which is in the trailers where you know they go up to save the crew of the Endeavor which which one was the one that blew up in space in 92 Challenger I think no it was the one after that no Challenger was much it's uh, in the 80s I'm sorry yeah yeah, one of the, the shuttles that exploded yeah although in this universe they got saved by the X-Men and alternate timelines remember days of future past yeah but uh, then some cosmic goo gets into um, Lady Sansa sorry I mean uh, Jean Grey and she survives, and then she comes back and starts um, like hurting people by just saying "stop it," and everyone falls over. And then she runs away because apparently someone lied about her dad. And then she throws uh, Raven into a piece of broken wood. The last words being "thank you for releasing me," as Jennifer Lawrence can finally leave this fucking franchise. I'm sorry, it's Academy Award winner Jennifer Two-time Lawrence. Two-time Academy Award winner <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence. Leaving on a piece of wood, sure. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, yeah, and then she goes off. Uh, I mean, how long did they kill her off again? Sorry, they kill off really earlier. Right? In the first, 30 no, this minutes, is like the half of the. F- oh, who, much before the halfway half point. Yeah. Like yeah. it's the first thirty minutes where she gets. Was she even in makeup? No, right. No, she was, but half the movie stage turns into her uh, human skin. Yeah, because uh, she definitely. Yeah, she very famously hates it to do the makeup anymore. Yeah, but I mean. Fair enough. It's a full body thing, and I'm sure it's an absolute pain in the ass to wear four times. And so, she's been very vocal about it on interviews before. So props to Rebecca Romaine Stamos, the original Mystique, for just putting up with it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to her? I wonder. Anyway, uh, so we kill off uh, everybody's favorite Academy Award-winning mutant. Good riddance. <laughs> and then, um, so how does the story go on from there? Well, she runs off. She gets found by the. Uh, Jessica Chastain's character, the race Called of the race Vuk of aliens, the Bidari, who I guess after the Bari, the, yeah, the Bari forces, uh, yeah. whatever, and uh, yeah, and then she goes and says absolutely nothing in an utterly toneless voice, and uh, then they have a little fight, they get captured, they have another little fight, and then the movie ends. And of course, in between, there's always tensions between Charles Xavier as well as with the other X-Men, especially with Beast because of the way he manipulates people. Oh yeah, you know, like uh, Beast wants to kill her because uh, he, she killed Raven and so does Magneto because of the same reason. And before Raven's death, Raven wanted to leave because he couldn't stand Charles' way of basically sending people to death missions and whatnot. You know, oh yeah, because there's this little side plot which doesn't really go anywhere where yeah, um, yeah. Charles has become kind of like big-headed. Har, 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 har. 
and is enjoying all the limelight of like sending all the X-Men off to you know do Paris mission to get like increase the standing of X-Men and him but yeah, it doesn't yeah. really like amount to anything he never really properly apologizes apart from like one half-assed thing and then he like fucks off at the end of the movie so they're trying to incorporate elements from giant size X-Men actually with Charles sending people to missions uh, I think the majority of X-Men basically like that so whole it's like referencing Charles a whole is... bunch of things actually right? yeah yes, it's just yes. this big messy uh. Uh, buffet of all of the better uh, series and they're just like most together yeah that's how successful movies work just take everything from everywhere and see what sticks to the wall hey and then when if Jean you do Grey remember Lee... everything everyone's happy right no <laughs> And uh, when Jean Grey was running around, basically running away from the X-Men mansion and all that, she did seek asylum with uh, Magneto's group, which I believe could be like Genosha. Like, he's building like a makeshift Genosha around some Really? They're not even going to establish the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants? <laughs> even want to keep it old school? Yeah, that's what they're doing like, in that sense. They, like, apparently well, a safe haven for other They did technically introduce them in that we saw three of them do something and then die. Because like, mm. that's just the role of evil mutants in these movies. It's like, you see them be cool for like five minutes and they fuck off and die somewhere. Yeah, it's, that's all X-Men movies, actually. Yeah. But then, oh uh, well. So, At least this time it's not like actual mutants that you give a shit about. It's like a guy with mutant dreads and some like low, like budget uh, telepathy woman. Remember the character Ghost from uh, X-Men Origins played by Will I Am? Oh, yeah. Mm. What does he do again? Nobody remembers. He teleports. <laughs> So he's like a less interesting uh, nightcrawler. Yep, there you go. Only without the Catholic guilt and probably a hip-hop career. Hey, yeah, boys. So, like, Dark Phoenix came out. Nobody seems to care. You know what? Let's do something interesting for a change. What are the plus points? The act- Some of the acting was okay. Um, They're really trying, but at the same time, James <laughs> McAvoy yeah, I mean, and uh, Michael Fassbender did a really good, good job with what they're given. But then again, they're just... Doing what they've done since first class, just establish themselves as like the yin to the yang to each other's yeah, I mean, philosophies. There's, there's a nice part where uh, Minito is trying to go off to kill Jean Grey, and then Charles comes up to stop him, and he's gonna give another speech. And he says, Hello, old friend. And Minito's just, Cut that old friend shit and stop trying to give me a speech. I'm gonna go kill this woman. Just sit there, you crippled fuck. I'm paraphrasing somewhat, but it was nice to see, you know, that change for once. Where Magneto didn't just like patiently wait and hear. Someone who obviously doesn't fully respect talk to him. Yeah, which is not canon, actually. Because uh, the thing is, yeah. that's what made those two characters so interesting. I mean, they were the, like the Martin Luther King and Malcolm X of mutants. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, the, the fact that they don't even respect that anymore is kind of, like, upsetting for me to hear. I mean, like, I'm a huge I mean, X-Men they, fan, they pa- so they, this is, like, they why pat- they, they patch up and become friends in the movie, but... I mean, they're not supposed to be friends. They're supposed to be bitter rivals to the end because of philosophies and ideology. And the fact that, like, it was kind of, like... Uh, made very interesting in definitely in first class mm. and then in f- future past seeing them have to work together because yeah. the enemy a fine enemy it was like that was pretty cool and then they kind of shit the bed with Apocalypse and then they didn't really re-establish the fact that these two guys actually hate each other but they respect each other too much to actually outright hurt each other and like, and then it was kind of glanced off in Dark Phoenix yeah like, I mean yeah. like the I mean it's established in the first two films so I would think they're trying to glance over that because people assume that the audience will actually get that dichotomy when they watch it but again it you it is still glanced over and still I not don't think it's there. like expecting the audience to know what's going on I think it's an utter lack of respect yeah. and they think that people are just coming in to see pretty light shows I mean that and the fact that you also have to understand that this is Fox on their like <laughs> their final legs before they had to actually submit to the yeah. the mouse overlord and the fact that this came out despite the fact that the acquisition's already gone through 
It's like, I feel like Disney let this be released just so they can show the masses, look at what this shit is. I don't think so. I think it's more on the lines of like, Fox still had the license, so they might as well shit it out and make whatever money they could from whatever unfinished product they have, rather than just like, shelve it, because once the Disney merger actually, like, like once the ink really dries, because you also have to understand that... Like, already dried. Like, no, nah, true, but the license still belongs to them, kinda, you know what I mean? And the thing is, right, they, they're not beholden to any like, release date schedule, because Disney's like, okay, we own these properties but whatever you still have in the pipeline yeah sure shit it out and it's also probably it could be between Disney and Fox saying like okay you have up to this day to do whatever you want and it was like a mad rush to the finish to try and get a product out and seeing as how like I mean everybody admits like this is a movie that was uh, not only I don't know I mean as sincere as probably the writer was writer slash director seeing as how he created all these like he created some pretty interesting plot threads with like uh, like Days of Future Past onwards and he was definitely around for that time and I think he did have a bigger like a bigger universe in mind possibly so like I mean the thing is like uh, I mean just being devil's advocate here it feels like okay you have this amount of time before we have no like uh no permission to do anything anymore. Do whatever you want. Have fun with it. And then at the end of the day, it's like, oh, you, you were actually trying to like, you know, make something bigger than what you could. I'm sorry, no. We can't afford that. So uh, let's just cap it off with a big action scene and let's see where the ball rolls because as of today, yep, we can't do anything with this property anymore. This franchise does not belong to us. Oh yeah, like there's no end credit teaser, nothing. It's just... I mean, you, yeah. It you, just ends basically. Yeah. Period. And I mean, it's also kind of sad because it's like, it was nice to have the Pepsi to the Coke. You know what I mean? Mm, because like, at yeah. one point, it was, it felt like Fox was going to go a little bit of an upswing with the X-Men franchise and with Deadpool. And seeing as how Deadpool was more aligned to the X-Men franchise, having like, you know, guys from like, uh, you know, first class appearing and having Colossus. Yeah. So it almost kind of felt like, okay, it would be nice to have something to kind of counter the, like, you know, the well, Marvel thing. Not just that. I remember Logan came out Fuck okay, yeah, we'll never have anything of that caliber for yeah, a while. Yeah, we're never gonna have probably the best modern western. Yeah, yeah, but then again, we can also kind of cross our fingers and hope. You know what, DC balls in your court. You gotta figure something out right now. Yeah, yeah get an R-rated DC film. You know, which is piece. super possible with the characters that's in their wheelhouse. I mean, just think about like. Anything to do with John Constantine. Oh, yeah. Anything to do with the dark, like the dark uh, GLA stuff. I mean, yeah, you have. I mean, and the thing is, DC, despite all their missteps, I mean, when you get the right director, the right writer, or like just, you know, the right amount of ambition and sincerity, holy shit, the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, or if you they just, have what it takes. Or if you just have mm. confidence in your writers and actors. Oh, look, Aquaman. There you go. I mean, you can have fun with it, but also at the same time, I mean, DC would definitely have to be... I mean, at this point in time, it really feels like they need to kind of go toe-to-toe with Marvel in terms of, like, bringing in box office receipts. Yeah, in ways they've never done properly. I mean, like, there was kind of like that, you know, the the goody two-shoes kind of Superman era, which was kind of fun. I mean, they Mm. did set the standard way back in the 70s, and then they also created the Dark Tone with Batman 89, uh, like a decade later, which we shall be doing a full-on retrospective very yeah, soon. Yeah, look forward to that coming mm, yeah. out after and this episode. So, like, here's the thing: is now that Fox has kind of been like you know swallowed whole by the 
corporate entity. The that great is devouring Galactus. Yeah, there you go. That is Disney with Mickey Mouse ears. Yeah, yeah. with Mickey Mouse ears. That's the helmet now, right? Yes. It's just yeah, Mickey it Mouse ears. Yeah. Swallowing franchise. Can you imagine like the next like big baddest Galactus, and then like as he's coming in, you just hear a very ho ho. Oh man. Comes in. I I see Goofy as Silver Surfer in this regard. <laughs> really? Yes. Goofy is your silver surfer. I see that now. Oh, <laughs> as he keeps falling off his silver port. Yahoo! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was horrible. Uh, no, but then again, hey, look forward to all the crossovers with like X Men and uh, Marvel, which all you uh, idiot fanboys are clamoring about, not knowing what is actually really at stake here. Yeah, I mean, we're basically saying, like, even though this is not a good movie in any stretch of imagination, just poorly paced written atrociously it was under a lot it of duress as it was being produced i would say awfully yeah, yeah. edited i've not finished uh insipid soundtrack uh, what else am i missing something john uh plot threads that didn't go anywhere yeah. as well um dabari it, <laughs> yeah inconsistent uh plot motive sorry character motivation even the conversations they have like when the director was doing the editing all that just felt like yeah, you could do better than this, you know? I don't know, just didn't make the conversations all the more interesting when it comes to, like, just filming the talking heads. You know uh, what? Let's have a little bit more fun with this. What could we have done? Uh, imagine if Fox didn't get bought over, right? Uh-huh. What would have been the next good X-Men thing they could have done? Because the thing is, it really feels to me like they need to shut out Dark Phoenix because of, like, you know, executive yeah. saying, like, it's it's brand recognition. Hey, we did the Dark Phoenix thing. People know Dark Phoenix. And then there's Dark Phoenix in those, like uh, like, Marvel Capcom games. So it's like, yeah, Dark Phoenix. You have to do a Dark Phoenix. Whereas, like, the thing is, if you had real time, real money, and, like, real ambition, right? Like, the thing is, when they were announced, they were doing the whole kind of back and forth between Xavier and, like, uh, Magneto, right? <laughs> Dude, they were setting up a perfect opportunity, especially with the time travel shit, right? We could have had an Onslaught saga that could have rivaled Endgame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that would have been the thing to do because doing the whole Dark Phoenix thing, going cosmic with the X Men is like, yeah, just keep on the ground first, like keep it really centered around. This what is like the- your end end game, like yeah. an adaptation of Onslaught. Because again, you'll be focusing on the X on the X Men's biggest draw, the movie version, the movie verse, which is um, what's that? Uh, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender. Yep. You get the, you get the focal point there, and then there'll be an op- uh, like a, an amazing opportunity for somebody with the caliber of James and McAvoy, who has proven to us he can do the split personality oh, on yeah. a twist. Yeah. yeah, it's like imagine him going pure evil as Onslaught, and then like you that can even work. like kind of like you know make it part of like because Apocalypse happened, you know goes back in time, and then like yeah he he starts the whole on- Onslaught saga. Uh, and then like think of all the wasted characters you know what I mean like we didn't even get to see a Mr. Sinister we didn't even get to see like um, I don't know let's I see mean, if I recognize this name what Mr. Sinister no yeah, this is a fun game for me like which names do I recognize <laughs> or the Morlocks basically no no I'm what the Morlocks which is the race of mutants who are so ugly that they can't even be on the surface Marrow uh, and a few others yeah, Morlocks they, from like the that's old... where the inspiration's from yeah uh, but no, I was about to say Mojoverse. Ah, Mojoverse. Mojoverse yes. would have been a, a perfect opportunity for X Men to go batshit insane crazy, and super fun as well. And super fun, scenarios. just basically going to an, like an alternate dimension where everything is a reality TV show and it just fights to the death all the time. It actually, sounds sick. Yeah, there you go. And also, I'll say it again: Peter Dinklage as Modok. Yeah, I really want to see that. <laughs> but you yeah, know what? That'll be good. Yes. Who you know who'd be a great Mojo. Who? 
my 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 pick is still Zach Galifianakis. Actually, <laughs> I can see yeah, that. Yeah, shave off the beard. Because the thing is, is like I mean, he's gonna be just a, like a, a CGI puppet anyway. But imagine his very dry and very his candor and his delivery as he's just saying all those lines, while at the same time being overexcited, trying to talk like a TV show presenter. Just imagine like a very amped up version of what he did in The Hangover. Mm, yeah, yeah, that could like, work. No, With the dreadlocks and everything and the spider legs. Those are dreadlocks. Yeah. Those are like cables. The, the that, cables, right? Oh, yeah, the cables. That plug yeah, into yeah. the various stations that because whatever thing he thinks of, that becomes yeah. a show immediately. So that's his mutant power? Not really a mutant. He's just... Is met, he an alien? I kind of forgot. He's he, an alien, right? Uh, well, he's not from Earth. So yeah, everything not from Earth should be alien, technically. <laughs> but he's just like this guy who um, wants to entertain the universe. And apparently what the universe wants is uh, just bloodlust, you know? Of course, because... <laughs> because! According to Marvel Comics, every ra- uh, alien race is like some version of human, which means idiotic and savage. True that, but then we also have guys like the Watchers, we also oh, have yeah. like the Chitauris. Like, not every alien race, just the ones that are fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, imagine like Planet Hulk with all the X-Men characters. Ah, uh, that's what I was like. And the thing is, like, it would be an interesting opportunity to introduce like characters like Longshot. You know, it was like, oh hey, Longshot, Spiral. Oh, sure. and, like, I would a personally like others. to see some of the more like arcane weirdness that you can get with characters like Magic and mm-hmm. all that kind of like go between dimensions. Yeah, and the fact that they also established their own Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. technically, they have their own Quicksilver. <laughs> Only Quicksilver, not Scarlet Witch. No, yeah, but then again, you know, hey, have you met my you still sister? Done- <laughs> you still could have done House of M. And you could have done House of M. Okay? So, like, think of it this way. We'll never have these opportunities. So, we have to look to Disney and say, like, are you going to fulfill these promises or are we going to just do more Avengers shit because that's all you know? We'll see. I mean, uh, you know, ink has just dried and I think they're still planning it. I think Kevin Feige says within the next three years, we'll start seeing X-Men in... uh the cinematic universe. I think because they got to figure out the plot points. They got to figure out what stories to do. Like how are you gonna fit them in? Like so, Mm, we'll see. Like if Mysterio in Far From Home is actually from another dimension, or he's being the phony Mysterio that we all know and love. I mean, okay, I'm gonna call it, and it's the easiest way to do it. Introduce Namor the Submariner because he's officially the first mutant. He is the first mutant. I want him so badly, but not you know the good guy one. I want you know the antagonist, the antihero. Like the one who says "fuck you" and everyone who is not in the sea. Who would you want to play Namor? Best. Any anybody up there? Hmm. I'm trying to think. I what? Why didn't you say first? If you have someone in mind, Daniel Radcliffe. Actually, <laughs> I want Daniel Radcliffe to I, be Namor the Submariner. I don't because hate I it. saw him in Swiss Army Man, and seeing him underwater is actually kind of fun. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that movie, right? right. <laughs> seeing him just jet propel like through like through the like through the ocean, I was like, yeah, I can see him as Namor the Submariner. Just get with the glasses, like buff him up a little bit, and this could be his second wave or his second coming because ever since Harry Potter died down, he's got nothing to do, huh? Well, no, he's done a lot of He's doing a bunch stuff. of indie films, right? Like, I'm talking Imperium about, was very good. Imperium was great. But I'm talking about big blockbuster action. I want, like, billions of dollars. I want him to do his Pirates of the Caribbean I've sold out again moment. Sure. Actually, you know what? Um, yeah, we're going to start a uh, Twitter campaign. Hashtag uh, Radcliffe for Namor. Daniel Radcliffe. Radcliffe for Namor. I mean, my second thing would be, like, Radcliffe for Robin. To Robin, Robert Pattinson. That would be hilarious. That would be so funny. <laughs> So we could all be like, oh, how the tables have turned. 
And we're going to watch Robin die and Patrick's going to go, you know what that feels like? Oh wait, yeah, he could be Jason Todd. Huh? That'd be so funny, right? <laughs> ah, the, yeah, the evil Robin. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, why are Disney hiring us to be like the new creative Because they have no imagination, okay? You never ask actual nerds what we want to see and how we can fuck things up and it'll still be fun. Oh yeah, because like, we know what the people want. Exactly, we are the people. Exactly. <laughs> what are you talking about? We are a podcast, we absolutely is, speak for everyone. This is the yeah, shit we, we want to see. Is the, this is the nerd voice, yes. Yeah, also, I love how we've not talked at all about Dark Phoenix. Well, we talk, which is fine, I, we're still on the same tangent of Marvel. Anyway. Okay, fine, let's do the ratings right now. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> No rating. 0.10? No, no rating. No rating. Unmarkable. <laughs> <laughs> See me after school. Yep. <laughs> okay, I'll have to play good cop then. 3 out of 10. Wow. <laughs> I haven't seen it and I'll still give it like minus 1 upon 10. <laughs> no Psyduck. <laughs> Not enough Psyduck. <laughs> okay, that 3 points is probably for the train scene and James McAvoy. There you go. Train, the train scene? You're pulling a train yeah. on James McAvoy here, sir? <laughs> Every X-Men. Multiple man goes last. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple man. Speaking of, uh, you know, radioactivity going nuclear. <laughs> That's the segue, I hope yeah, not. I guess. Children of the Atom, from the Children of the Atom to the actual Atom. <laughs> We're going to talk about the miniseries That's Chernobyl. a better segue. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. Yeah. Now, this miniseries kind of came out of nowhere. Speaking of depressing. Yeah, but the good kind of depressing. It kind of leaves you empty inside in a nice cathartic kind of way. From the people who gave you uh, free delivery. <laughs> and Scary Movie 4. And also, uh, British Broadcasting Corporation. Is it Corporation? Yeah, okay. British Broadcasting Corporation. Okay, I thought it was just Seafood. You put some respect on that name. Right? Yeah, <laughs> British Broadcasting Cunts. <laughs> hey. One, two, three, four. There's a seven now, right? There's been a seven for ages. There you go. We used to have a uh, five and six as well, but they got canned. They became ITV, and what's the other one? No, 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 that's very different. That's very different. Oh yeah, that's... Uh, oh, I could probably do a whole podcast about the history of British broadcasting. And also brought to you by Sky, apparently. Oh, yes, that's Sky. technically Australian, so that's an invasion force. Mm-hmm. So it's all the snotty accents. <laughs> and the thing is, speaking of accents, uh, not a lot of Russian accents well, in this show. <laughs> they explained that there was a companion podcast to this because a fucking course there was. And they explained that uh, not enough people spoke Russian well enough to them to do it. So it's all mostly English. They yeah. taste. They tested it with Russian accents, and they said that if you don't do a Russian well, it sounds fucking hilarious, <laughs> and that's not the tone they're going for. They said, "You know what? Fuck it. They let us do this with Rome. We're gonna do it here." Because remember, in Rome, which is set in you know, uh, fifty BC in Rome, dude, it's Latin. Nobody knows the Latin accent. <laughs> Yeah, so and it's a it's a it's a TV show. It's supposed to entertain and you know pander to everyone. Yeah, and speaking of entertaining, <laughs> nuclear. <laughs> oh man, uh, nuclear holocaust and the aftermath that follows. Yeah. So yeah, uh, this TV series was very very good, very yeah. good, and it's also uh, just like Good Omens, uh, very bite sized. It's about five episodes. Yeah, and I mean, I'm kind of glad because I don't think it could have handled more than five episodes. Because, holy shit, does it not let up with telling you how horrible everything was. Five episodes is more than enough for something of this magnitude. Yeah, and I mean, talk about ways that... I'm still kind of haunted by the ending of episode two, where it's just the Gaga counters going apeshit and the lights Mm -hmm. going out. Oh yeah, the guy is uh, trying to plug the hole right in the waterway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they yeah. had to, they had to drain. They had it. to lift it out, right? Drain it. Uh, no, yeah, they yeah, had yeah, to drain whatever. the pipes. Which, Unplug the hole. Sorry. Well, that was that is fun. Speaking as a European, to know that um, I very 
closely could have been growing up with uh, the setting of Fallout 4 uh, just a few uh, no it'll still be England but you'll have an extra arm coming out of your asshole hey that could be useful <laughs> when I wipe or when you want to sit down <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway so uh, this show is stars as Stellan Skarsgård as Boris Boris uh, <laughs> Boris Sherbina Boris Sherbina as and the Jared minister Harris. for yeah. fuel and energy mm-hmm. and uh, Jared Harris as Valerie Legasov Legasov yes yeah my favorite character <laughs> oh for sure yeah, and, yeah. and Emily say, Watson yeah, as the Ulana Kor- Komuk I believe yeah. she's a musical physicist she's sort of made up in this show to yeah, represent she, all the other scientists which, yeah. I mean okay for historical purists might be annoying but from a TV production standpoint for five episodes yeah, yeah, yeah for sense, a story like, standpoint it makes sense because like rather than casting 30 people of varying levels of importance just get one very good Emily Watson to kind of be the stand-in for everyone Emily Watson? yeah Okay. You've not seen that before? Uh, Punch Drunk Love. She was Angela's so Ashes. I'm trying to understand the, <laughs> the reference. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I have my plus points and minus points against that because, you know what? It's a lot cheaper to have a lot of bit actors just doing singular scenes. Yeah. Rather than have one actress kind of like, you know, be an amalgamation of all these characters. And it's also kind of strange because it's like, wait, so when she goes to jail, does it mean all of them go to jail? Or what, what's going on? Who does she represent at this point in time? Because I guess... Like, when I watch shows like this, especially when it's based on actual events, it's like, oh, she's the made-up character, so who does she represent? And then, like, the thing is, is like, I mean, especially, like, for guys like me and the Centric Tom, where we definitely watch the show with the Wikipedia page open on the side. Oh, for sure, yeah. Just to double-check, you know, because we love to fat-check our shows. We're nerds. We can't help it. Uh, I mean, I didn't really get bothered too much by it, because I know in terms of being, like, uh, I won't call her the emotional center. I think she's the one... Like, the emotional center is definitely the... Oh, you say the professor? Yeah, uh, yeah. Legasov and uh, Shabina, like their duality yep, was absolutely uh, spot on. And then, like, I think she probably rep- represented, like, I hate to say it, but she's definitely the 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 train that pushes the story along. You know what I mean? Like, kind of. I mean, she definitely serves a narrative purpose. Not to say that you know she was you know just there to fit a function. I I think she was excellent. Yeah, but, but there was also moments was, where yeah. it's like. Oh, you arrested her? I need her. And then he's like, of course you need her, or else we have no idea what's going on next. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is where, like, you know, writing yourself to a kind of corner, but whatever, it adds to the dramatic intensity of the show, which I have no problem with. Yeah, like, no if problem. it makes a story more fun to watch, I don't necessarily mind, so long as, like, the intention and the message you're trying to get across is just the same. But also at the same time, you also get moments where, like, she's doing this, she's doing that, she's gonna go visit this nurse, and then she finds out that this lady is. <laughs> yeah. like, so it's like, oh, she's jumping all over the place, huh? Yeah, she's bar- she's uh, borrowing the fast travel um, technology that Game of Thrones had. Okay, I thought she was doing the lowest lane from Man of Steel, where literally, I'm over here now. <laughs> like, how'd you get there? Never mind. I'll see you in court in, like, the next two episodes. Okay. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, meanwhile, I'm going to be over here uh, next to the reactor. Okay, I'll be there too. Huh? Uh, no worries. So, Chernobyl is an event that actually did happen. And oh, yeah. As a child of the 80s, uh, I remembered it. <laughs> I remember seeing it on TV, on the news, and thinking, oh my god, the world's going to end because, like, you know, nuclear explosion and we're all going to die. And I also remember, like, the kind of. Uh, I mean, this was definitely at the height of the Cold War. And yeah, like this is basically Soviet panic and nuclear. Yeah, like. This is like just before the fall. I mean, I think this is around the same time as like the Glacial Perestroika period, yep, where they're kind of like doing the denouement of tensions. But still, you know, Soviet the Soviet Union is still big and scary. 
Uh, well, we not so nowadays because ever since YouTube and you've seen crazy Russians doing things on YouTube, like, yeah, I mean, they're like, a little bit more fun. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. not as terrifying. With the benefit of hindsight and you know internet memes, we're like, ah, oh, lol. <laughs> you laugh, you slav. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, uh, I mean, we're not gonna go in straight into a history lesson here because. Everybody knows about Chernobyl, and everybody knows about the you... sequel, Fukushima, <laughs> <laughs> which is definitely the next episode. You'd be surprised. I spoke to probably from of... the same director as well. You I know. spoke to someone work who didn't know about Chernobyl. How old is she again? Twenty-eight, thirty. She's a moron. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we all know about Chernobyl. So yeah. um, it's also kind of nice to see the human side of it because, as it was presented to me, like I mean, speaking as a person who just remembered the news reports and remembered how like my teachers and like my adults were talking to me about it and trying to help me, a young kid, understand. It's basically like, oh, this uh, nuclear reactor exploded and there's radiation everywhere. We can't go to Europe anymore because you know what? Radiation is like this uh, invisible poison that just like you know you can't stop and it's gonna spread all over the world and we're all gonna die and it's like oh that's terrifying I'm gonna just go read Batman now yeah <laughs> you know, but also at the same time like oh we're in Asia it's happening way all it, the way over it's there it's fine and also I mean up until this point when you hear about stuff like radiation poisoning acute radiation sickness you kind of thing I mean it sounds bad but I don't really know what it's like and this, then you watch this, the show <laughs> and then this show just shows you how bad it can get you fuck I mean this is a warning. Do not watch this show while having dinner. Or jello pudding. Or <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Or uh, the amount of face melting you see is pretty horrendous. Yeah, yeah. or uh, cornflakes. Props to the practical effects department for that. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoy all the makeup effects there. Yeah, I mean, everything about this show is damn near pitch perfect. And I think something that what we really need to talk about is just how amazing the score was. The music was absolutely perfect for what this show is meaning to be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely beautiful and haunting and scary and very Russian as well, which is appropriate. It's like a Russian dirge of an orchestra of sorts. Well, at the end, of course, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, just overall, it just... Yeah, the overall sight, yeah. Yeah, it matched the bleakness and desperation of what this whole thing was about. Who was the composer for the soundtrack? Uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, Hilder Gonadotter. I can't pronounce his name. Oh, uh, Hilder G. Yeah, let's just say Hilder G. Hilder G, yes. She sounds Icelandic. Yeah, her name's... I, I think she she could be Icelandic, yes. Uh, if it's like Dottir, that's a very Icelandic name. Dottir, yeah. Just... Well, so, um, maybe we just do a brief roundtable. Um, Chalice. John, what do you think of Chernobyl? Yep. Definitely, definitely <laughs> yep. worth yep. watching. <laughs> All right, moving That's on. <laughs> <Thank you very laughs> much. No, no, definitely worth watching. I mean, obviously for different reasons. Like, again, a harrowing look at how the Russian and KGBs tried to cover up their fuck ups. Like from the first, I mean, from the from the second from the first episode onwards, and then seeing the dichotomy between both uh, Jared Harris's character and Stalin Skarsgård's character, along with Emily Watson acting as a scientific know-how to actually bring out the plot points and seeing like how we can stop this here and there just to add more bits where the government and uh, the scientists need to kind of work together to get to keep the clean up at bay especially when they hired the coal miners and when they got those three guys to actually clean up the do- the to drain out the sewage and mm. drain out the water sorry drain out the water to drain the water pumps yeah the pumps and you get six points for mentioning dichotomy twice that's a two word <laughs> score there bro. Uh-huh. anyway well um, there's also <laughs> and also props to Paul Ritter for being like the asshole boss that we all have experienced in our lives oh yeah you know, working he was as being the very stubborn guy the, from the beginning to the end the perfect boss you love to hate for sure 
Not really. I mean, our bosses did not create a nuclear holocaust. Uh, this no. will be the more extreme version, lah. I mean, if we were to <laughs> the more extreme version. Well, at least my boss didn't create a nuclear holocaust, so you yeah. should be grateful, there, comrade. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about you, Centric Tom? Thoughts? Well, I mean, I think I've already put it in, but what was especially great about this was that I saw this immediately on the back of Game of Thrones season eight finale. Because you really needed a kick in the balls, right? I was just like, <laughs> I needed something, anything to be, you know, good and worthwhile watching. And you I to thought, watch a terrible taste of the dragons. Yeah, and who knew that? Uh, yeah, enriched uranium is a great way mouthwash. No, it isn't, man. It makes your teeth fall off. Shh for a bit but uh, yeah I watched this immediately afterwards and I was reminded this is why you know, I am paying money to HBO to have amazing shows like this just pop up out of nowhere this is on Amazon Prime no this is HBO Go. no no it's HBO it's HBO oh my bad I thought it was on Amazon no oh man so the free delivery I think, I think you're taking good omens from the last episode I'm taking good omens again god yeah. damn it yeah. but I'm pretty sure you can buy the Blu-ray on Amazon Prime Probably. <laughs> I'm sure you can yeah. when it eventually Soon. comes out when it eventually comes out so this is HBO. So we have this, Barry, and whatever is left of Game of Thrones. Cool. And other stuff. Like well, movies that, that you can get uh, on Netflix. Silicon Valley, the final season. Oh yeah, that's Hopefully coming that out might soon. Be right. um, yeah. Handmaid's Tale is uh, on HBO Go now. So, yeah, I'll, I'm keeping it for now. Well, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say because I'm really trying to think hard about things that I have to complain about or even nitpick. It's like it's it's very very small things like the part where uh, Komyuk goes to one of the party headquarters and directly criticizes a member of authority. Like mm. uh, you know that wouldn't happen in Soviet Russia because that's a you know one way ticket to the gulag. But you know it's really minor stuff where you know you have to really really want to you know try and find fault. Like for me, my major nitpick was every anything to do with uh, Comrade Pavel. Which is the kid from, uh, what's his name? The spaghetti eating kid from Killing uh, the Barry Oh, Keegan. Barry Keegan. Barry Keegan. Yeah. yeah, that guy. So it's like, his story felt very, uh, just, uh, like cheap shots because basically, oh, you are now in charge of oh, killing Christ. the pets. And it's like, why? Because they, when you say choo choo choo, they come running to you, then you shoot them. Make sure they don't suffer. And it's like, oh, this, this whole thing is just to make us feel worse, huh? You know what I mean? Like, we could have had, spend this time elsewhere but I kind of understood why they did it I because mean, they really wanted to rub your face in the shit for this one yeah I mean this is meant to be a docudrama and part of that is documentary like a dramatized documentary yeah and you, sorts, you need yeah. to you know explain what happened and I think you know the, the series creator made you know, the call to say nah especially you young millennials who love your dogs so god that much <laughs> you need to see what happens when uh, stuff like this happens I mean what about us older gentlemen who also love our dogs very much Ah, fuck you. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a wake, it's a wake up call, yes. yes. Really? Every- I remember shooting my dog. It was quite fun. <laughs> anyway, but it's like, I mean, the thing is, they did kind of establish is, like, there was an entire scene where basically, uh, some people just, you know, we, we don't want to die, but we also don't want to go anywhere and we're stuck here. Okay, sure. Let's shoot a cow. Bang. I made a point. And old lady was like, I also made a point. I'm still not moving. Okay, we, we have that amount of animal abuse right there. So like, the entire thing with Pavel, I was like kind of thinking like, oh, what's the purpose of this guy? Because they've already established the whole, like we're, we're asking soldiers to go into all these countryside towns and like just forcing people to leave. And it's like, oh no, you're not going to be in charge of that. You're, we're, we're a cleanup crew. Oh, what are we cleaning up? Pets. Okay. 
But I mean, it's just for that 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 cheap shot moment of like, oh look, I found a dog with her puppies. <sighs> that was incredibly <laughs> difficult for me to watch. Exactly. So it's like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, but to me, it's just like you know, like okay, this is emotional manipulation. You really want us to feel <laughs> something really bad for this episode because for the other more important parts of the episode, it's just a bunch of people talking. Oh, okay. I mean, we, because we can't cut to a person's face melting anymore. Let's shoot some puppies. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you want to be cynical about it, like that's I'm cynical. I'm like, yeah. that's literally what they wrote it for. It's like there's no real reason for that character. Well, I mean, yeah, there's no reason. I for... I mean, in a way, it's easy to justify, but at the same time, for from a storytelling standpoint, yeah, it's just showing that to actually get you more. I mean, of it's the also like someone sense. to glob onto, like rather than just like randomly going around different squads. It kind of like added that like, you're in this little mini journey, little bottle episode. With True episode. that, but it's like, I mean, wouldn't you agree with me? We removed the entire thing. It's like, yeah, the movie's still, the show was still fine. Well, the show was still fine, but I feel like... We need more animal killing? No. <laughs> but I feel like... It'll be, it'll be 10 minutes less, I guess, or one short episode. <laughs> I feel like it was an important part of the show. Because? Because it just showed just how incredibly fucked the whole situation was. And whilst, yes, it didn't add to like the wider narrative... It's a nice, like, little sidestep to show, like, oh, by the way, this is, like, the absolute extent people have to go to. Yeah, but I was kind of uh, hoping... I felt like... Sorry, John? Uh, no, I, I felt that the first three episodes were more than enough to convey that feeling. Yeah, that's why I thought, thought so. Because, yeah. like, oh, what I was really hoping for was more to do with the poor lady who had to give birth to the, you know, the radioactive child. Like, yeah. we didn't see enough of that. Because yeah. I really wanted to see how she dealt with it. Because what I... It was like, as we were looking at Pavel killing of puppies, it was like... Oh, let's cut to the hospital. Oh, look, she's recovering now. Oh, apparently, and they said it from another character's point of view. You know this lady? Uh, her husband was a, fire, a fighter, and she was pregnant. With, and then the thing is, the baby absorbed the radiation, so she's fine, and people are dealing with that. And it's like, that's it? Th- that's how you're going to cut that early? It's like, yeah. oh, come on. You know, like, I mean, yeah, I agree. That could have probably had a bit yeah, more time. That but... definitely needed a lot more time, because what was uh, kind of like made it, not say imbalanced, but it's like, there was... A lot of attention to detail when it came to like the bureaucracy and the fuck ups that were going on behind the scenes, but it's like when it went down to the human like level, right? It was basically about this uh, lady who was married to this firefighter who was a first responder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to see more of like random family living near Chernobyl. It's like, oh, mama, papa, what's wrong? Oh, we're sick now. We need to leave. Why? Uh, that would have been a lot more effective than, oh, Pavel, we go kill cat now. Like, okay. Like to see more of the people who died at the bridge. That would death. have been yeah. way more. I mean, the thing is, like, any. That's yeah. why I felt like you know, like killing the animals was like, we just needed you know, an emotional moment here, and like we, within the scope of like you know the story or within like you know the five episode arc is like, I guess is like you had to hire more actors, you had to create a whole new narrative thread and everything. But also at the same time, it's like, it felt to me that Chernobyl, as much as it did an amazing job of like you know highlighting like the failures of like you know the Russian bureaucracy and. Just how like you know a fuck up the fuck up after fuck up after fuck up that serious amidst of like you know unfortunate events that yeah. led to the explosion the is like the fuck up cascade yeah and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like okay cool like we're seeing how all the upper levels and upper management are handling it all the way down to like the miners uh, what about the reg- the regular people where is that point of view which is extremely necessary if you want to tell this kind of story I suppose I mean I I wasn't there in like the writing room so I don't know why they chose to focus on that part and not on the human side maybe the choice maybe because we've seen a lot of human suffering stories where like the common people suffer under you know brutal regimes true that but so it's, maybe that- it's not even under brutal regime because it's like we have not seen a show where it's like 
what happened to the people? It's like that was never answered properly with this story, which I it's not a critique or it's not like you no. Know, to me, it's just a, a damn nitpick. It's like it's like I would have loved a little bit more of that human element rather than seeing people struggle to deal with fucked up bosses or like. Uh, was that the the option for delusion, like where all these government officials are like, no, we have to kind of like push everything under the carpet. We can't acknowledge the fact that we as Russia have failed because you know, the the promise of like you know us working is what works. It's like okay, we get that. We got that for the first four episodes. It's like, all right, and what is the outcome of that? What is like what? It's it's a calamity on a scale that has never been felt for a while till probably Fukushima. Yeah, and this thing is like. Where's the human drama? Where is that? Where is that poor, uh, you know, like that that helpless? We are slaves to di- to destiny because where's the family who had to deal with it? I mean, there's definitely scenes of like you know people being relocated. But I mean, you can also argue that you had that with you know the firefighter and his wife, and you know, which is not enough. You know I, I, I mean, I think that's, that's there's that's a lot a of lo- lovely moments where you see just like no, let's cut away to some children. Like okay, imagine. How these poor things are now un- under this cloud of radiation, and they don't know it. You know what I mean? It's like, and, and the thing is, you want to deal with something like um, nuclear holocaust. Okay, just say what it is, right? I mean, like, there's tons of like other movies that have done it, mm-hmm. done it better, done it well. But the thing is, I also understand within the scope of five episodes, they really wanted to kind of drive home the fact that we are here to tell the story of how it fucked up, and we, and, th- and that's why they had that capstone kind of episode at the end, where it's like. Because even for me, as somebody who remembered it when it actually happened, and then just like you know reading about it in history books, and then just being reminded of it, right? It's like yeah, they never really quite answered how did it happen. And they finally did. And now a lot of people are claiming to know how a nuclear reactor works. Sure. It's like because the internet exists, everybody's a nuclear physicist. But also, like no, you know how a very specifically outdated nuclear reactor. Well, just from the because Soviet you Union saw works. the opening of The Simpsons a hundred thousand times, that doesn't mean you know how iridium works. <laughs> That's damn it. How you can't put it in your right. pocket, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but just hearing Jared Harris and Estella Stellan's Karsgaard talk about it, you know, explaining it, it's mm. still worth listening. I mean, to that's it, what I really yeah. wanted—a nice counterpoint to like. Here's the bullshit happening within like the offices and the closed doors of the KGB and like all these like you know government facilities. And meanwhile, this poor family, like, oh, Patrichka, what's going on? Oh, my teeth fell out. Oh, what's going on? We can't figure this out. Why is government not helping us? Oh, help us! You know, like, oh man, that would have really like been very depressing yeah but also kind of necessary I mean to me actually but still it's it's a nitpick I mean I think for what the show did did it very well I mean there are moments where I felt like yeah we didn't need this or like this was a little bit like long in the tooth going on for too much here which part do you think went on too long definitely anything to do with Pavel and mm. that whole thing with like uh, like the the build up like watching the the wife and seeing her husband, the firefighter, deteriorate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you could have, like, not... Like, especially once the nurse intervened, I would have liked, liked to see, like, how, like, other people would react. Like, or just, like, how she would try to, you know, get close. And then, like, that's, that's basically... It's like, it, it only felt like... This only affected, like, seven people. Where This was on a national scale. It felt like it needed to be a little bit bigger. And, like... Just having like another set of characters would have kind of like filled in the gaps a bit better than just like you know watching the 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 the, the, the poor uh, musings of Pavel. Not saying much, but not killing animals because I just can't do it. Yeah, none of us can. That's a horrible job. I get it. 
I mean, like, even that whole burial scene where you see, like, you know, like, the pro lady, like, yeah. seeing her husband in a lead, <laughs> like, coffin and then being covered in cement is like, oh, look, there's, like, 11 other people here. What are their stories? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult when you have something like, it's a five-episode miniseries. You know, you know, you are really going to have to pick and choose what you want to highlight. And mm-hmm. what you want to focus on. Yeah. 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 And I guess, like, to them, it was way more important. I wouldn't even say important. It was probably way within production schedule and way mm-hmm. within, like, what the story writer this one was to tell the story from the point of view of those who had to, to do their darndest to, to keep this yeah. not only under wraps but also to keep it under control and I think also the choice was because to this day Russia is very fucking secretive about what happened and they don't want people to know never happened Chernobyl was just a fart in the bath yeah and actually you know, apparently <laughs> Russia are dead. trying to develop their own series about Chernobyl where they're going to focus on a conspiracy theory that it was it was Americans Americans yeah, literally American button. spies came in and sabotaged it that's like what they're going to try and say with this TV series that would be amazing I wonder who's going to star in it <laughs> so I can't wait to watch it on Steven Seagal probably Russia's on where where were we gonna watch this though Come on Russia's HBO BOH the best the best television it's got all the uh, it's got it's funny animals uh, uh, the Russians getting drunk and uh, the, the real Chernobyl <laughs> extra vodka <laughs> extra vodka no vodka no yeah, it, was, it was good to see like the imaginations of like just what the Soviet yeah, State I did thoroughly like. enjoyed it because also, you know, there are a lot of a uh, uh, letter stage communist stands on Twitter. Really? They're still around? Uh, they've grown. Oh, wait, yeah. Twitter is communist. Mm, it's no, a community. Twi- <laughs> no, Twitter's, Twitter's fascist, but like oh. there are a lot of communists on there. <laughs> I love that he said it. <laughs> I agree. They're kind of fascist. Why are you kicking people out? I thought you all have free speech and shit. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm not going to get drawn into that one. But uh, no, it was just like, I appreciate the top down aspect because like whilst it's you know you know important to see like you know the grassroots stories like you just see just the complete lots of failings of everything like the entire you know power structure like the cult of personality and just the cult of misinformation i think especially it's a very timely ironically um series because about this is what happens when you get you know the public perception of the state is paramount above everything else, including, you know, the truth. And this is what happens when you let that come over, you know, protecting people. But I also want to mention, props to whoever played Mikhail Gorbachev is like, Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Hey, good job. All I hear is the musings of a crazy man. Let me try again, but this time more calmer. I will listen. <laughs> like, it's okay. an actor named David Denchik. <laughs> You're like, okay. Hey, good job there, Mr. Gorbachev. Hmm. Yeah, because, you know, I've only ever, my only knowledge of Gorbachev is like, you know, the smiley man, at, you know, looking at the cameras, trying to like make the West like Russia, kind of. Yeah. So does he be like, oh, no, he was kind of scary when he needed to be because he is, you know. But he did open up trade to the West. He did. He, he did kind of like, you know, open up the Iron Curtain a little bit before, you know, eventually total chaos took over after that. Oh, uh, yeah. But then again, so like uh, to all our Russian friends, I know that you're out there. <laughs> I've been watching the analytics. You love this show. Yeah, uh, you might not love this episode so much. No, I'm sure they love this episode. Yes, I was there at Chernobyl. I'm, I'm listening to podcasts with third ear. Anyway. <laughs> oh, God. So, Dimitri, thank you for your subscription. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Chernobyl, definitely highly recommended by your friends here at The Last King Podcast. Probably some stellar... HBO docudramedy? No, docudrama. 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 I think you're thinking of a different Chernobyl. I'm thinking of a different Chernobyl. <laughs> oh man, it's Christmas at Ground Zero. 
Yeah, very, very good. I mean, again, Chernobyl. He's kind of Russian. Racers. He's a Yankovic. Yeah. <laughs> True that. No, but still. Um, so, what are your thoughts for the sequel, Fukushima: The Return of the <laughs> of the Atom? We already have a Fukushima story. Really? Oh yeah, Godzilla too. Shin Godzilla, yeah. Shin Godzilla. Oh yeah, there you go. Eighty percent more bureaucracy than needed. You know what? Yeah, I think that's what Chernobyl needed. It needed like a giant, like radioactive monster to really nail the point home. <laughs> this is what they didn't tell you about that Chernobyl. Been a choice. <laughs> a giant Russian mutant bear monster. No, it wouldn't even be a Russian mutant. <laughs> a Russian mutant bear. Nice one though, by the way. Good one. <laughs> Balancing on a ball. Da, 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 no. <laughs> ah, Shasha, what are you doing? <laughs> I, was th- I was thinking more like, you know, like, oh, we're burying all the bodies in the lead cases with the cement. And then, like, you know, it's just this flesh golem of humanity that just rises <laughs> from the ground, covered in lead armor, and also has, like, you know, cement knuckle dusters. <laughs> it's like, ah, I'm so here to smash communism. It's like, he wants oh, a stalker movie. I want stalker, but even more batshit nuts. And then it's just basically, yeah, this is happening now. <laughs> Comrades, not only do we need to dig hole, we need to fight monster. But we're still naked. <laughs> no, it's okay. You don't need to shoot me your pee-pee. Go, fire. <laughs> I have to say, um, that episode where we just got a load of full thunder from the miners was... Uh, that's really nice and hard, yeah? Right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, it was, you know, proper... How could you? You can't have sex with a miner. Oh my god. <laughs> I did it! Pedophile joke! <laughs> Gold star for you. Bang! <laughs> I brought it all the way right back there. Eccentric Tom has sex with miners. Anyway. <laughs> miners. And with that, I think we can end our episode. Uh, Chernobyl... <laughs> Our highest recommendation, of course. Uh, what's the ratings, boys? I guess we'll give it a... What are you giving it? Not, uh, it's... I'll give it an 8 out of 10. Wow, okay. 8 yeah. out of 10. Okay. Yeah, 8 out of 10. Right, good you, stuff, good think? stuff. I would give it maybe... Definitely in the high 7s to close to an 8. So maybe 7.5.10. Definitely heavily recommended. Okay. Uh, this is a 10 for me. Is a 10 for cool. you? Yeah. Okay. This could I, be like your Dunkirk, except you really like Chernobyl, <laughs> flipping minor dickies. <laughs> Shall we? Shall I end that joke right now? Uh, yeah, please. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> no, it's so because you know, as I said, I really cannot criticize this TV show. I, I, I really, I, I cannot think of anything which I didn't like or I would change. Mm-hmm. It was I mean, dramatized for all the right places. Yeah, definitely hit you with the feels. Like, yeah. Even though this was an emotional gut punch, uh, I kind of want to watch it again. Yeah, I mean, because I, I really do hate myself. Apparently, no, the thing is, I had so had to re- rewatch the final episode because I was still not sure. So how did it explode again? Because like you know the the whole courtroom scene was like, uh, so he did what and he did what. So it's his fault, but also at the same time, he's inexperienced. Oh, okay. I I just really need to confirm. Like, oh, it's everybody's fault apparently. Yeah. Yeah. But still, yeah. So don't worry. It's uh, failures all the way down. It's failures all the way down <laughs> on top of turtles. Yeah. <laughs> So, Last King fans, highly recommend it. Again, watch Chernobyl, okay? Fuck Game of Thrones. If you want to watch like five episodes of something, okay, there's Good Omens and there's this. Oh, yeah. So, that's 10 hours of TV, roughly, for all of Pretty you much. out there. And it's definitely more enjoyable good than self-contained TV. the last, yeah. Yeah, last season of Game of Thrones. The last two seasons now. Mm, like, right, it's like In hindsight, me, it makes you think. Yeah, right. It's me go back to the last season of Game of Thrones and go, actually, yeah. yeah, there wasn't all that hot, was it? Yeah. I know, I think it was definitely our uh, fanboy glasses like being a bit foggy by the fact that oh, we're going to start missing the show. And like, wait a minute, it didn't really explain anything, huh? Hmm. Yeah, well, it's like that line from um, Bojack Horseman. With rose-tinted glasses, all the red flags just look like flags. 
Exactamundo. Regular flags. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, that's exactly what. Yeah. Thanks. yeah anyway, <laughs> anyway, HB, anyway, H, HBO has always been, you know, churning out really good stuff. Anyway, so hopefully they'll keep that keep it coming, lah. Yeah, I hope so. Although it's been bought by AT and T, who apparently want to make shorter, more frequent episodes. So uh, yeah, goodbye, Prestige Television. <laughs> it was nice while it lasted. We can always go back to Netflix, sir. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, like for every good ep- season, we have ten alter carbons. So Black Mirror has been announced. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I've seen already. Uh, all of it's it. It's already yeah. out. Yeah, all three, three episodes. As, as, oh fuck! Really? So Bendersnatch counts as half the season. <laughs> I it was a standalone weird experiment, but yeah. I think Charlie Brooker has listened to a lot of people saying we've been clamoring for a shorter season. I yeah, guess. and so I'll just say first one very good. Second one, meh. Uh, third one. We're not gonna save fun. this for an actual episode. Oh man. Okay, yeah. tell you what. That, that's just like yeah, my preview. That's the that's the pre- oh okay so teasers for Tom's thoughts on the Black Mirror episodes which we're gonna have to review anytime soon like probably in the, in the near future yeah. in, in the, the near, near future, future but of we'll course we'll find time for it somewhere uh, but yes uh, reminder to all the Last King fans this is definitely the month of June which is we're gonna do our halfway roundup <laughs> oh yeah that's coming up soon Jesus Christ <laughs> because tradition and uh, also uh, yeah there's nothing else much to watch except for Spider Man I guess yeah and that's in July so exactly yeah. we've got a month. To like fill in to impress you fucks. I mean, uh, wonderful <laughs> fans who are listening. I think there's an animation something that's happening around the corner that nobody cares about, right? What you mean, uh, the Queen's Corgi? Or uh, how about the uh, <laughs> the bad ugly doll or something? Oh Jesus! Is there nothing to watch now? This is the school holiday. No, nope, damn it, nothing, dude. Nothing. Yeah. It's so like, yes. I'm sorry, kids. Like all the good movies came out while you were in school. <laughs> So stay tuned where we do our halfway roundup of our favorite movies, television, and also video games, and probably anime i guess <laughs> nah yeah yeah we got anime we got some pretty decent anime we got some pretty decent anime we didn't need to do you need to do an anime catch up oh. yeah yeah so uh boys and girls uh this has been uh the radioactive shock <laughs> and this has been patient zero mr toffee <laughs> patient zero and this has been dark phoenix centric tom the source of all diseases crashing out and signing off gonorrhea gonorrhea <laughs> 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 